Hello, and welcome to the Seattle Coffee Gear Podcast. I am your host, Pat, and joining me this episode is Madison. How is it hey, going, pa- Madison? Hey, Pat. It's going well. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to hear you from too. You. Yes, definitely. I'm excited to have you on this week. Um, we're going to be talking about a classic coffee question that I think just about everybody has experienced with coffee at some point in their um, coffee drinking life. And that is, why does my coffee taste bad? Which yes. <laughs> uh, some people are going to think is a very simple question, but it actually, there's a number of things that I think maybe not everybody considers. We're going to talk about the basics of like, even though we've talked about them before on the show, we're going to talk about the basics of like what might be causing, um, you know, a sour or bitter flavor. But uh, beyond that, we're going to talk about some other things that I don't think everyone thinks about. Everybody kind of has their go to, well, here's your problem answer. And so we're going to try to sort of, um, change it up a little bit and talk about those things and then also talk about some stuff people haven't expected so should be good yeah i'm looking forward to it i mean i've certainly been there myself and uh you know i'm I'm on that journey to make the best cup of coffee i can so i want to help our listeners too yeah so um what are some things you've been enjoying before we jump into that what are some things you've been enjoying with your coffee routine uh over the past couple weeks well as far as my routine goes um Actually, it's I've been working on my my pour rate or my my flow rate. Um, I'm a big pour over fan. It's kind of my go-to homebrew method. So, I'm actually paying like a little bit more focused attention to the speed at which I pour from my kettle, and it's definitely making more of a difference than I really ever gave it credit for. I kind of maybe focused on my grind size or um, you know making sure that I was super accurate with my dose, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really fun to, you know, just see kind of how that, that flow rate affects it, you know, and I'm, I'm really getting some interesting results as far as, um, you know, my brew time and therefore my, the flavor in my cup too. Yeah. I think it's really cool the way that as you kind of develop your palate a little bit and start to get a little more confident in your, in, in tasting the, the sort of minute differences between coffee flavors from like individual pour over to pour over you can start to sort of notice those differences in how like temperature and flow rate and that kind of stuff can really have an effect uh, which is really cool um i've i kind of am am most of the way there like i kind of notice that flow rate is one that i don't really notice a huge difference uh so you're probably a little ahead of me on that kind of taste journey but i definitely got into temperature a lot last year as a i want to start brewing i wanted to, i started by brewing at 195 and at 205 and i would sort of bring the numbers closer together and try to take notes on like what i was noticing differently from like single degree differences and obviously it's hard to completely equalize all of the other factors of your brew but i just as much as possible tried to eliminate everything else as a point of differentiation as a variable and just focus on temperature as the variable and it was really fun because i started to really notice some of those minute differences which is cool yeah i mean definitely like like as you said like as you kind of um zero in or try to you know keep the rest of your variables constant if you're if you start to you know adjust one and really pay attention to like what those um what those changes do to your cup it's can be really exciting i mean um i'm definitely someone who brews a lot of lighter roasted coffees um so i don't change my temperature all that often on my sure. kettle <laughs> i keep it you know i i'm like this is kind of my temp and so um 
Yeah. So, so flow rate's been cool and I've really been noticing it like in the brew time because sometimes my, my brews are less than three minutes. Um, but I'm like, maybe if I really go delicate, you know, with my, my flow rate, my pour rate, maybe I can stretch that time out a bit without having to worry about my grind. But yeah, you know, it's a lot of fun. I've been enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And I see here in terms of coffee, we've both kind of been, I've been drinking a lot of this as well, uh, which is upper left roasters breakfast blend, which is really good. I'm, yes. That's actually what I'm drinking right now. Um, <laughs> nice. It's uh, like, you know, here it's a Brazil and a Southeast Asian blend. Uh, and I think it's um, it's a really good morning cup of coffee, I think. Totally agree. Um, and uh, just a just a heads up to our listeners. Keep keep an eye out on the YouTube channel on the YouTube channel because we it was really fun. We, we tasted these coffees um, mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll be coming up on the channel soon. But um I've been really, really digging the upper left from Portland. Um, I think the breakfast blend is great. Personally, I love to have donuts in the morning, and I think it goes perfectly oh, yeah. <laughs> with a donut. So. I, I wish I had the metabolism to have a donut every morning because, oh, man, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Uh, yes. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> donuts have to be like a twice a year event for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do, I will eat at least two. And, yes. and maybe this year I'll try to remember to do it with uh, with some breakfast blend because it is it's really good for that kind of stuff. No um, doubt. Good. Good for your morning cup of coffee. It, it's just I think their coffees are cool because they there are some roasters and, and I like every roaster we carry quite a bit. One of the features of one of the great things about our kind of um, selection of roasting partners is we really do take the time to vet every roaster and taste all of their coffee and um, try it. We do our best to try to make sure that they are doing everything from the way that they're sourcing to the way that they work as a, and operate as a business um, in their, their cafes and in their roasteries and in the way that they, and, and like the quality of their coffee is all very to a pretty high standard. So I don't, tend to evaluate them against each other and this isn't what i'm trying to do here either but there are certain roasters that i really really love and it's they're the kind of roasters that all of their coffee to me is like well they make like really good espresso so like i will always want to drink their coffee as espresso with or like whether it's with or without milk can vary from roaster roaster there's some roasters that it's always they're pour over roasters for me one of the things that's cool about upper left is i enjoy most of the all of the coffees of theirs that i've had i've tried at least as a as a pour over and as an espresso and i've really enjoyed all of those different ways to drink them um so it's that's been really cool and i look forward to seeing their kind of rotating selection come in uh to see if that kind of continues with their single origins as well because as of right now everything that we have even though they have like their drip blend I think their drip blend is pretty good in an Americano and like yeah, their espresso totally. blend is still pretty good as pour over. So that stuff is, it's been really cool to, 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 um, see how their co- how adaptable the coffee is. Yeah. I think it's super adaptable. And I mean, it's just like, like you said, it's a, a, a really high quality roaster and you can tell that they've, you know, they've really, um, you know, spent their time, um, perfecting their blends and, and their, their roasts. It's, it's great coffee and yeah. I've been enjoying tasting it. Yeah, for sure. Well, with that in mind, we should get into our topic, the why does your coffee taste bad? Uh, (laughs) So I have a few 
general uh, answers to this question that mm-hmm. I have prepared. And I thought the first one we could talk about and just get it out of the way, because I know we've talked about it. We have had a whole episode on this, but I figured we could talk a little bit about extraction, because I think yes. this is a question. This is a common, maybe the most common answer to the question. And we talk about extraction in the we've talked about it on the show from the perspective of this is how you get a good cup of coffee. But I don't know that we've really come at it from the other angle as to like what we've mentioned offhand, like, oh, if your shot is sour, it's under extracted. If it's bitter, it's over extracted. Right. We've said that before, but I don't know that we've talked about in sort of less scientific terms ways that you might have might be getting a bad cup of coffee related to that. So, yeah, totally. And I mean, extraction is definitely I I don't know if you want to call it the essence of brewing coffee but it's definitely right there at the heart of it you know you're extracting the the flavor you're you're pulling this this flavor out of the ground coffee right and you and and we're looking we're straight we're trying to strike that balance between over and under extraction Mm -hmm. like we talked about but you know if you if you don't extract it enough if you don't pull enough flavor out of that coffee it's gonna taste sour right it's going to taste underdeveloped even too. kind of um, uh, sometimes even weakness uh, of body too. even if it's under extracted, you might have like kind of a, uh, you know, a, a lighter in strength cup of coffee too, in, in under extraction. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, really undesirable flavors. You're going to get like, like sourness and um, I don't know, just like just generally weak. You know, just kind of like a, a coffee that you uh, you won't want to have as good signs of um, under extraction. Yeah, and then on the other side, if you if your coffee is taking and and you know the reason that that happens is because you can kind of think of it as like like comparing it to something like cooking pasta, undercooked pasta. It's not a flavor thing necessarily, but undercooked pasta is just not. It's going to it's going to be difficult to uh, to eat because it's going to be harder. And right. that's going to because be because the pasta hasn't had enough time in the water to soften up and absorb uh, the water and uh, and and the heat. Same thing is true with under extracting. And if you're over extracting, it's it's in coffee, it's going to give you bitterness because it's taking too long for the coffee to you know, pass through the grounds or generally we're, when we're brewing coffee, we're making it pass through the grounds. But also if, you know, if you're using an immersion brewing, it's taking too long of the coffee just kind of sitting in there and, and brewing. And it's sort of like overcooked pasta, right? Like it right. takes too you, you leave the pasta in for too long and then it's mushy uh, because it, it gained, it took too much time um, and absorbed too much water. So yeah. it's it, when you, what you're trying to do, like you said, is really strike that balance and the way that we are striking that balance is by controlling different parameters so we've talked about like brewing pour over and part of the reason that i think if you're getting into coffee even if pour over isn't your brew method of choice it's worth getting some of the tools to do it because it's going to give you a really solid understanding of it's almost like doing a lab project in like a chemistry class because you get to see firsthand how these different parameters affect the coffee um, which I think is a good way to get a, a handle on wha- how extraction works and why it works how it does yeah I totally agree I mean with the pour over you're you're kind of more part of the process you're kind of doing the things that maybe your drip machine is doing for you mm-hmm. you know you yourself are in control of making sure that you get your temperature right 
making sure that that um, you know making sure that the flow rate is good making sure that you're you know you, you're truly really part of it and you can really see um, how how you can over or under extract you know when you're uh, brewing a pour over so yeah I totally agree um, and with that over in under extraction too one thing that I think is important to remember is that um, not all coffees are gonna be in that same um, that same balance of under or over extraction right and a lot of that is to do with the um, with the origin of the bean or the blend but also the roast too yep like you could you know you could run into um, and I say that to maybe say like um, you know you might have a recipe that you like and you trust and you go back to um, but it might not work out for the, the next bean that you try to brew and that could be another reason why your, your coffee isn't tasting so good you know you're using a a recipe that say works for a really light uh, single origin roast bean you know trying to use that same brew method or same um, same recipe like on a darker roasted blend you might end up over extracting that you know um, darker roasted blend you know if you use the same recipe as a single origin um, lighter roasted bean yeah absolutely and once even if if you're not going to go through the process of getting a getting pour over equipment i mean the biggest thing you can do is just make sure that the equipment that you are using is delivering the correct parameters on its end if you have a really cheap drip brewer it might be that it's boiling the water and then not actually maintaining any temperature so it starts throws boiling water on the grounds scorches them and then by the end of the brew cycle it's down to sub suboptimal temperatures that are just kind of piddling through the water so if your coffee tastes bad, it's it's part of the instincts is going to be, is it because of my machine? The answer might be yes, but there's mm-hmm. other variables to consider as well. So just kind of know what your machine is capable of and um, and be ready to adjust uh, sort of your own, your, your the different parameters you can control. Uh, and ideally, you know, try a uh, pour over setup and see if you can get good coffee that way. Um, another thing that can affect the flavor of coffee, and this is interesting because I have a sort of counterintuitive answer to it, but it is okay. sort of the freshness of coffee, yes, um, which is important, but I think there's sort of a changing mindset on this, I think, mm-hmm. for a long time. And the general answer that you would expect uh, is you should drink coffee that's within like a week or two of roasting which makes sense i get why people would think that but we're starting to find more and more and we've been talking about it a lot because it's been coming up with roasting partners a lot as things have changed but really coffee is your coffee is going to be in its ideal band of freshness from like three to six weeks in most cases with some exceptions sometimes based because of like roast level the age of the coffee when it was roasted i mean there's potential for it to be a little bit different in there and so i don't mean that as a rule across coffee Mm -hmm. but where you might be inclined to go oh this coffee is four weeks old i can't use it anymore that's not really as true anymore so when i say stale coffee can make your coffee taste bad it is true but I would you, I would look at it as probably the last answer to your concern. One thing that's important, though, is the fresh grind. So that's part of it, I think. Totally agree. Um, and I think, you know, freshness in, in coffee. I mean, definitely if you have a uh, if you crack open a bag that's like weeks and weeks old, like way longer than six weeks old. 
you know, start getting into the months old, you know, or, or more, then, you know, your, your bag is definitely going to be tasting, I, I don't know, at least when I've brewed coffee that's get, that's really aging, you know, more than a month or two. For me, I, it, I just get a, a, a underwhelming cup. It's like the exactly. cup really isn't like, I'm not like wowed. Like, it's not like a coffee that I, I take a sip of and it might taste fine. Like, it doesn't taste like um, I'm drinking anything that's like bad for me or it doesn't taste right. like anything that's like, you know, it just doesn't taste great. It's like, exactly. Eh. It's like, eh. but um, I have noticed, though, for sure, that if you drink a, a more fresh cup of coffee, like, um, you know, something that's been roasted in that three to six week range, I mean, you can get some pretty, pretty exciting flavors, things that are like really fruity yeah. or like really, um, you know, just like that, you know, I'd pay attention to the origin and also like the tasting note that the roaster gives you. But usually when you're tasting something in that range, it's going to be exciting and it's going to taste really good. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would totally agree about the freshness of grind as well. You know, when you're, when you're breaking that bean apart, you know, say, um, say you had a a pre-ground, uh, bean, it's already been pulverized. So there's, there's already quite a bit more, you know, surface area for that air to come in and, and degrade that, um, that ground coffee. So I, I totally agree. I think, a a fresh grind grinding right before you brew, I think it's important. I, you know, I, I certainly do it every time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's part of why I think you're better off just having your own grinder around to, to grind it fresh. Cause that's going to give you better flavor results. And if you have coffee, that's five weeks old and you grind it fresh for a pour over and put it up against coffee that was ground two weeks ago, the ground when it was brewed to or roasted when it was two weeks old. Um, I think you're going to notice that the fresher grind is going to be better than the coffee that was, that's more fresh. Uh, totally. So, that is definitely a key component. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I also uh, think you know another thing that's important is to make sure you're maintaining all of your equipment. Uh, I yeah. mean, obviously, it's obvious that people are going to be needing to clean, like the you're going to need to descale your drip brewer now and then, and you need to clean the water tank and stuff like that. But and and maybe you're even thinking about like, oh, I need to ma- make sure I clean the 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 basket for the filters. But if you have like a carafe, you also need to use cleaner that's going to get rid of the coffee oils in the carafe too. Totally um, true. Which might not just be dish soap, uh, because that's something those oils build up and they kind of sit in your equipment and over time create a, create stale flavors that are imparted in your coffee when you brew it. So um, that's really important too. If you're getting a stale cup of coffee. And you think it's because your beans are three weeks old. It may actually be because you need to clean out your equipment uh, yeah. more thoroughly. Clean out your brewer, you know, make sure that you're um, make sure that you're keeping up with cleaning your grinder too. you know, make sure that you're um, getting in there and being sure to, um, you know, give the burrs a good scrub with a brush, you know, make sure that you're even like the um, grounds receptacle of your grinder too. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be dosing old grounds into your, your fresh uh, brew method, you know, be it drip or pour over, you know, you don't want to add grounds that could have been just sitting in the uh, grounds container. So, you know, make sure that that stuff is is good and well-maintained totally because, you know, you can have bad tasting coffee when you've got really old coffee residue kind of yeah. <laughs> throughout the process. That you can even avoid happen. That. 
if if beans have been like sitting in your grinder's hopper for yeah. two weeks or whatever, which is probably, I mean, the, the flavor of the coffee itself is fine, but then if you switch in new beans when you run out, if you don't clean out the hopper first, then there might be old oils that are sitting there, and then three or four changes of coffee down the line, if you're still not doing it, that oil buildup in the hopper, that can find its way into, those stale oils can find their way into your grounds, and, and your coffee cannot taste good. So, keeping everything cleaned and using cleaners that are specifically designed for breaking down those oils is very important and and again if you have that stale taste then uh then then it could be that that's causing it and you've also noted too that like on top of maintaining your equipment some in some cases like if your drip coffee is bad and you know you've cleaned it and you know everything else should be right it could be that your heating element is starting to go bad or or something is is off with the um, with the delivery of water in the in the in the system itself, yeah, totally. I mean, we talk about the parameters. Um, you know, certainly, we we talk about them all the time. But it's worth remembering. You know, making sure that the temperature, making sure you know, making sure the temp the temperature is good, making sure the brew time is good, um, making sure that your um, your dose of coffee is good and your ratio to water is good. You know, making if you can make sure that all those parameters are good. Then we can start. Yeah, maybe the maybe the uh, heating element in the dripper is bad. You know, maybe you can be like, "Wow, I'm not getting quite enough temperature," or you know, this for some reason this um, the the water is just flowing right through the coffee. Like, so you can maybe start to focus on on your equipment itself. You know, yeah. if you make sure that your your parameters are in check. And sometimes without proper maintenance, like I have seen before on machines where they weren't descaled on proper time frames that there's actually limescale buildup in the tubing around the sprayer itself yeah and then you get this sort of weak flow that's only coming out of like one hole in the sprayer and it's just sort of dropping drops of water onto the coffee instead of producing a a, 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 the flow that you want Mm -hmm. and it's not wetting the whole grounds bed and stuff so there's lots of these little parameters and frankly they're kind of hard to control for sometimes like you wouldn't know that unless you ran water with everything sort of disassembled um which you might not think to do and it's hard to like you can't it's very difficult to take the temperature of the water as it comes out of the the shower head to know that it's the right temperature when it's hitting the coffee grounds because by the time it hits your pot it's probably cooled by like three or four degrees so a lot of these aspects that people try to self-measure it's very hard to do on your own uh, because the there's just environmental factors that make it difficult to get an accurate for example temperature read or an accurate pressure read off of the pump from your espresso machine so i wouldn't agonize over those things i would just try to um, account for them and if you at any point if you're like oh no no this is a perfect pot of coffee for my drip brewer then you know it's not the drip brewer even if every other pot you brew that week doesn't taste good yeah it's it's, it's unlikely that it's your equipment that's at that right. point um, yeah but uh, another thing that you've noted here that's really important with equipment if you're brewing espresso make sure that you're giving your machine enough time to heat up that's a big thing that that can happen that i have totally made the mistake of before is turn a machine on give it two minutes when it really needs 20 and mm-hmm. then try to pull water and a lot of machines will tell you when they're warmed up but in some cases it's easy to ignore the 
the right, light you telling you that. You get a little eager in the morning, and you're like, yeah. I need my shot, you know, and then but you it, go to pull it, it's it. worth it. And it won't taste right if it if it's not heating, heated up all the way. So that's another variable to eliminate. If you're getting bad espresso shots, you can give your machine one morning, just turn it on real early and give it a good 30 minutes of warm-up time just to make sure that it's not that it just takes longer for it to warm up than what you're expecting. Uh, so, Yeah, definitely. I mean, the simpler the equipment, this is also part of why starting with something like pour-over makes it easy to kind of, once you get those parameters in check, understand what could be going wrong because once you step into like automatic brewing of any kind, whether it's a semi-automatic espresso machine or an automatic drip brewer, then there's stuff going on inside the box that you can't see. Right. So it, right. Or it, you it, have a little bit less control over in some cases. In a lot of cases, you're, it's not the machine's fault, mm-hmm. but it feels like it could be because right. you don't know what's going on in there. So psychologically, right. then you jump to, and I mean, if you're saying to yourself right now, no, this wouldn't, this can't be a thing. Like, all the time we get we have to come up with ways to very politely and gently word to people the problem isn't the machine (laughs) i promise (laughs) you the machine is fine yes Uh, and that you know that makes me think about puck prep you know if we're talking about espresso and bad tasting espresso mm -hmm. you know puck preparation you know before you even lift your brew lever a lot that I mean that's going to really determine a lot of the flavors you know before Definitely. you know before that brew lever is even lifted you know because you know you if if and it kind of goes back to that um, evenness and extraction thing um, you just want to make sure that you're really extracting that whole um, puck as best as you can you know so look out for things like channeling look out for things like um, uh, you know an, an uneven distributed puck you know, because if you're if more water spending more time with, uh, you know, a certain part of that puck than the rest of it, then we're, you're going to have uneven extraction and, and undesirable flavors. So, you know, it's it's definitely the machine. The machine is going to do its thing. And it's really up to the barista or the home barista to, you know, make the best flavor possible. Exactly. You know, but yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, also. One thing that I that I think of when I'm thinking about brewing espresso is drinking other kind of espresso drinks, mm-hmm. you know, like lattes or cappuccinos or um, even Americanos or whatever. Another thing to think of with bad tasting coffee drinks is the post brew recipe. You know, make sure that your that your milk is still good quality milk. You don't want to have yep. like a funky latte, right? Um, or also, you know, think about things like. Uh, the flavors that you add to it, you know, maybe, maybe your idea of of vanilla and peppermint kind of latte might be kind of crazy. Maybe it doesn't work out so well, you know. It's, so po- yeah. post brew recipe is definitely a thing. With why is my coffee not taste so good? Totally, I, it's it's very that kind of dovetails with I think another unfortunate but existing (laughs) piece of the puzzle which is you might just not like the kind of coffee that you're trying to brew like not everyone is going to like espresso Mm -hmm. not everyone is going to like cold brew not everyone is going to like drip coffee or pour over or whatever so right if you 
if you think if you've had coffee at some point and you thought, man, this was a great cup of coffee, and then you're making it at home and you think, wow, this tastes bad. It might be time to look to think about like, well, was the cup of coffee that you had? Are you trying to make a pour over at home? And the cup of coffee that you had that you loved so much was a diner coffee that was coming out of a commercial drip brewer because right. those are going to produce such different flavors. And there's this mentality, I think, with I don't want to say coffee snobs because I don't think that's really fair, but coffee enthusiasts, mm-hmm. people that I, I like to think of us as more on the enthusiast side of thing than being overly snobby about it because yeah, that's I don't, what we aim for right exactly i mean if you enjoy coffee that's brewed at 212 and then comes down to 180 i don't care good for you yeah, keep, exactly. keep doing if what you're you doing like it right um but one thing that a lot of coffee even enthusiasts will get on is like oh pour over is the best best brewing method because it gives you the the most pure flavors from the roast or whatever but you might just not like that like you might just want to you know not everyone wants a medium rare steak some people like it more cooked or whatever it's the same thing just because somebody tells you that a brew method is the best it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best for you Mm -hmm. i couldn't agree more um you know even personally for me um when it's hot outside i kind of like an iced coffee that's kind of like what i prefer like an iced drip or an iced pour over and um just to be totally honest it could be controversial cold brew is not it's not my favorite thing you know yeah and and you could very easily confuse iced coffee with cold brew and you know i could go and and order a cold brew and i'm like wait this isn't exactly what i what i like because it is different i mean it's not the same as iced coffee or iced pour over and yeah i mean it could be a perfect cold brew but just personally for me it's not it's not my favorite thing so right yeah i I lean towards iced coffee yeah no absolutely i i think that's uh i totally get that and um i think it's important to give yourself the room to just not like something totally (laughs) if there's one thing that i've (laughs) developed that coffee has helped me with developing a general life skill yeah it's that it's okay to just not like something and go happy for you not my thing yeah Um, exactly be yourself out there right yeah exactly (laughs) uh so yeah so i think that that covers a lot of um what i had in mind to talk about for the 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 this episode is there anything else that you have about coffee flavor that you wanted to hit the one thing that I'll I'll just leave um, maybe the last thing and it has to do with cold brew. Funny enough, is um, when you're uh, make sure to when you're brewing cold brew, make sure you add a little water to it. It's going to be a concentrate, <laughs> so or don't forget don't. things like that. Or don't. <laughs> <laughs> but know what you're getting. I actually yes. prefer to drink cold brew concentrate, but oh. please understand that when you drink drinking cold brew concentrate is like. <laughs> It's almost like you're drinking espresso in cold brew form. It's the rocket fuel. Yeah. I in college, I used to drink. uh, I worked at a market, and we had really good cold brew from a local roaster. But it came as a concentrate, and it came Mm -hmm. in like eight ounce bottles as a concentrate. And I would just grab one out of the refrigerator and pop it and drink the whole thing at the beginning of a shift. And I thought it tasted great, but whoo. That is some. That is definitely some rocket fuel. So do keep that. If you get sweaty after drinking cold brew, it might be because next time you should add a little bit of water. Uh, True. Very true. Be careful out there. (laughs) 
All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this episode, Madison. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Uh, and we will talk to you again very soon, I am sure. Uh, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Seattle Coffee Gear podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like to hear right on the podcast, drop us a line to questions at seattlecoffeegear.com. We might be using that email address in a bunch of places, so we might have some kind of like cross-channel questiony content. We've always had a hard time getting people to reach out with questions, so please, if you're listening and you've kind of wanted to, definitely shoot us a question because i'm sure that it will get used somewhere um and likely on the podcast so and if you ever are shooting us a question and you specifically want it read for the podcast you can always just put that in the in the email and i'll make sure that's where it comes here first um and if you enjoyed this episode please be sure to let us know on the podcast review platform of your choice and tell your friends about the show because um, we're doing some more and more cool stuff in 2022 So we really want to get it to as many people as possible. We have some interviews and exciting stuff coming up for the podcast. We're going to finally be able to do some recording in person more soon. And we're getting a space together for that, which will be fun. Uh, And that's all going to be really great. And then for all of your coffee needs, be sure to check out seattlecoffeegear.com and head over to our blog and YouTube for more educational and informative content about all things coffee. We will see you next episode. 